Welcome to our Confessions of Caregivers, Neurodivergent Motherhood Unplugged, live talk show and podcast. Our mission is to educate, advocate, encourage and support other individuals on the path to a diagnosis or already living the caregiver life. We want to help combat caregiver burnout, provide the tools caregivers need to help their individuals be successful and learn life, vocational and social skills. There are so many emotions as you travel this journey. From the ups and downs, we want to walk with you through them all and create a space where you can be authentic and vulnerable. But more importantly, we hope that you feel seen, heard, and not alone. You can follow us via the link tree in our profile. If you like this episode, please consider giving us a five-star review. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to our third talk show in the Get to Know Us series. Um, I'm Tanya Andrews from Confessions of a Family with Three Crazy Boys. Please welcome my co-host, Kimberly Marler. Hello. Claire Garley. Hey. Kirby Morgan. Hello. Before we get started tonight, let's take a deep breath. We made it through today. It's been a crazy day. I think there must be a full moon. I don't know. But before we get started, I wanted to, we we like to kind of give each other a hard time and laugh and um, we have to give ourselves a hard time about last week's episode. So (laughs) we we all get a laugh here. So when you put on a talk show and podcast, it's a lot of trial and error at first and we're learning as we go. And there's a little bit of of a lag between StreamYard and Facebook. So we're trying to figure out the right point to start our intro. Well, we sat there for a minute and 18 seconds, just sitting there waiting for somebody to pop on (laughs) before we started our intro. And we were laughing. I can't tell you how many times we looked back at the episode and we were just laughing. Claire's over here. She had to go over to the side. So um, we couldn't see her laughing. But if you're listening to us via podcast, (laughs) you probably won't be able to see that. But oh my gosh, it was so funny. It was very awkward. I can't, I can't watch it. Like, I can't go back and watch it. I know. It's too brutal. Every time I, I, I can't would... wait to look back on this, guys. In the future, yeah. this, this is the one we're going to look back on, and it's yeah. still going to crack us all up. Yeah. I know. Pretty Every time I would even look at I didn't even have to play it. I just would start laughing. It was funny. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Um, Kurt, or Claire, excuse me. Can you go ahead and get us kicked off? We are so excited for tonight's episode, and tonight we are going to get to know Kim a whole lot better. We have so many questions, we're going to listen to her story and her background, and we want to open the floor to you guys as well. We want you to shoot some messages out there to us, and we'll get around to those probably towards the end, and we cannot wait to find out a bit more about our lovely Kim. Yes. Um, Kim's story is, I love her story so much. Um, Kim, can you get us started and just kind of tell us a little bit about you and your family and then maybe go into kind of Lucas's diagnosis and pre-diagnosis? Yes. I sure can. So hello, I'm obviously Kimberly Marler. Uh, my husband is Matthew. I have We have three boys and then a dog named Turtle. So I'm going to take you all the way back to the beginning. Matt and I met at 16 and 17 years old. We actually, my cousin set us up on a blind date to a back to school dance. So um, that was, I knew Matt growing up because we only live like half a mile from each other. So, but he had no idea who I was. So um, we went to the back to school dance and we have been dating for five years and then we got married. And so we've been married for seven years. So this will is going on um, 13 years and I couldn't imagine, like I never would have thought back then at 16 year old, 16 years old where we would be today. So I am super blessed for all the things that we have gone through. Um, we have went through some high points and low points, but um, it has brought us where we are today. So I'm super thankful for that. Um, our journey began um, 
at when I was 18, I went to a foster camp called Royal Family Kids Camp. I had no idea about foster kids or really anything. I mean, I just didn't have a passion or desire for that. Um, when I left camp that year, I called Matt immediately on the phone and I said, we have to foster when we get married one day. And he's like, oh, I don't think we're going to do that. I have no desire to foster or adopt kids. And I was like, no, no, we're, I have a calling to foster and we're either going to break up right now or we're going to have to foster when we're kid, when we get married. So he was like, well, just get home and we'll figure, you know, this whole situation out. So um, we, after we got married, we did, um, he went to camp and discovered the, the need for foster care and adoption. So as soon as we got in the car from his first experience at camp, he looked at me and he's like, we have to foster. So we began our foster classes a year after we got married. And when you're going through all your paperwork, you have to put in there like the age you want. And we were 22, 23-ish at that point. And so we wanted a three or, or younger. I was like, we can't have a teenager. We're barely out of our teenage years now. So we can't, I didn't feel like I could be a mom to a teenager at that point. So we put three-year-old and our um, agreement was the first call we get, we're going to say yes, because that is who we knew that we needed to take. So um, we finished all of our stuff, home visits, paperwork, but we weren't actually registered in the foster care system. So I I had a friend call me and she's like, Kim, are you all ready to go? And I said, well, we're not, we haven't like, you know, they haven't put us in our system yet. And she's like, well, I just got a call for a three-year-old little boy. And I told him I couldn't take him, but you probably could. So they're going to be calling you. So they did. She called me and she's like, we have a three-year-old little boy. Um, she gave me a, a very minimum information about Lucas at the time. And she said, right before she hung up, she said, oh, by the way, he uh, might have autism. He is diagnosed with developmental delay and he's nonverbal. Is that a problem? And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like that, I never even, we never thought about it. Matt and I never really discussed it um, in our paperwork, but it didn't bother me. So I carried on. I called Matt at school and I was like, look, we got to place it. And he was super pumped. And we started talking about him and I said, oh, well, he's nonverbal, by the way. Does that matter? And he got super quiet. And he's like, well, is he, does he have autism? I said, they don't really know. They've never done testing on him. I said, but, you know, this is what it is. This is the information I have. So he's like, well, we'll just talk when we get home. So we get home that night and we sat on the couch and I said, are you, do you not want to do this? Like, what is happening? He said, no. He said, but I've never told anyone this before. He said, but my biggest fear when I knew I'd get married and have children was that one of them would be special needs. He said, I can't, I can't have a special needs child. Like I just, I can't do that. He said, because my fear is when I die one day, who will take care of them? And he said, so I can't, I can't live my whole life in that fear. And I said, and it still didn't even phase me at that point. I said, well, that's a really good point, but this little boy, needs love and we you know we can teach him how to talk and I was like super positive and upbeat and he's over here crying and I was like I can call the lady and tell her we don't we know we'll move on we won't accept him we don't have to and he's like no no let's just pray about this and just wait a minute so we're in his room and we had all the little nursery set up because we didn't know we knew we wanted under three so we had to have a crib and all this stuff and we just sat in that room and prayed whether because we still didn't know 100% if we were getting this little boy. And at the end of our prayer, he looked at me. He said, okay, I can do this. He said, this little boy is meant to be in our home. He said, and I, if this is what, who God wants us to have, it's going to be okay. So the next morning she called me and she said, um, congratulations. You have your first placement. I'll be there tonight. Well, Matt was at a football game. He was a football coach at the time. And um, she said, but I want to bring him tonight. Is that okay? I said, okay, I'm going to do this all by myself. I'm not, you know, this is my first time being a parent and I am going to take him in by myself because Matt was at it was homecoming and he could not miss that game. So I had my parents and my, my brother and his wife was over. and um, I just, I remember that moment when she pulled up, it was 8.33 at night. 
and she pulled up and she said, okay, mama, open the door. And when I opened the door, I still remember that beautiful little luscious brown hair. And he was asleep and he was the chunkiest little thing. And I picked him up and I knew like our hearts connected in that moment. And I talk about that all the time. Um, I knew that we had a special connection and I took him inside and I'm so nervous. He is lost. He's confused. He's scared. Um, he's just been ripped from everything he knew to come into my home. And we are just so excited and overwhelming him. And, um, Matt met him that next morning. I put him to sleep. He was already asleep. I tried to keep him up. <laughs> Broke all the rules on the first night. <laughs> I, tried <laughs> to keep him I tried to keep him up as long as I could to get Matt to meet him. And so that next day, he um, he woke. He's like, "Can we wake him up?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess we can just go ahead and wake him up." You know, so Lucas was still sleeping because he, he did stay up late. And um, <laughs> so we woke him up. And the connection, I know I've posted this picture several times on our page, but the connection that him and Matt had that first day was just amazing. And I remember going to bed that night and I looked at Matt and I said, I don't know if I can do this because I love this little boy. And I, I don't know. I don't know how I can let him go. And I remember waking up that next morning and I just had a feeling of, trust me, this is going to be your son one day. If it was only that easy <laughs> to trust the Lord, um, it is easy, but I, I make it hard. Um, there was foster care was a very emotional roller coaster of up and downs. Um, but he, he did, he made a, he, he promised me in that moment that this would be my boy and he is my boy. He is our boy. And I still get super emotional about that night because it's like, I didn't give birth to him, but in that moment, I gave birth to him. So it's like the same, um, the same feeling. It's, it's really amazing. Um, so we knew Lucas was delayed. He was nonverbal. He would not say a word. Like, um, we even like, we were like beating on pots and pans in the house to see if he could hear. Like we were doing all these at home tests to see Kirby, you're muted. I don't know if you want to be muted or not, but you are. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> laughing and crying. So I don't know if that's going to sound good, but oh my God, I am laughing and crying, but such a beautiful um, story. And literally I would do the same thing to see if Jaden could hear pitches of sound. So I would get like pots. Can I get really low pitch things? So I'm relating, but oh, your story is just so beautiful. And I'm reading some of the comments. Uh, Rachel Flanagan is also a fellow adoptee mom to her daughter, Celie. Yeah. And I think she is in all the fields with you. Yeah, so, I see that. Um, I'm, I'm that just too. laughing and crying. So, okay. <laughs> on. Um, so yeah, we, we were just doing all these, all these, you know to see that first couple days um and after three days of lucas being in our home my dad built um this bench and he wrote out his name on it and um within three or four days lucas was able to say his name and he would respond to his name and it is the precious it's the most precious wow. video i think i've posted it it's so sweet um we discovered how smart he was he was and spelling I don't mean to interrupt you, but doesn't Lucas have like a super close connection with your dad? He does. He does. He, him and my dad, like my dad can like, like Lucas could be in the worst mood and my dad's going to come up there and try to talk to him. And normally Lucas is like pushing back, but he, he doesn't mind my dad. Like my dad's the only one that can get all up in his business and he'll not get frustrated with him. So he it was like he was meant to be a part of your family. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he really was. We get so many comments on that, like, oh, he looks just like dad. And um, normally we just roll with it and say thank you. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, we were doing all this, all this silly stuff to see. And um, he said his name. Lucas is super smart. Uh, I remember we had a case worker come over one day and she walked in and she's like, I have to go check on Lucas. And my husband's like, yeah, go ahead. So he walked in this room and she started hollering. And she's like, Mr. Matt, come here. And he ran in there and she's like, well, he's like, what? She's like, he just felt gargantuan on the floor. He had these like <laughs> foam letters. And if he would see a word, it could be like a week past. 
and he would just go collect all these letters and he would just spell out words. I mean, it was just amazing. That's so incredible. He, it, it was this. Jaden does this all the time. It started with words like he would see frequently, like exit, but it would grow so much so he can watch a random Sesame episode. And then all of a sudden you'll walk past the table and it's like says spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that's, that's so exactly what are so different, but so similar. Yes, that's exactly what amazing. You we so, should have really, really wore waterproof mascara because I couldn't even see my eyes were my eyes were burning because I was crying. It's such I'm a so cool, sorry. beautiful story. Um, so yeah, so we went through that. Lucas did go to school for a little while, um, and then um, we did get the diagnosis um, later on when he was five. So we have been went through a lot of schooling, ABA therapy, lots of different therapies. Um, so. We were rocking along. We um, about the ooh, we were coming up on the year mark of having Lucas. We knew that he was going to be able to be adopted, um, and that was one thing that Matt and I like. When we went into foster care, we said that we were just going to foster. If they um, came up for adoption and it was a good fit, then we would. But we didn't necessarily go in it to adopt, and I get that question a lot. Um, so we just went into foster, but the boys came up for adoption, and I could not say no. I mean, they were a part of, Lucas was a part of our family at that moment. And so um, we got presented with the option to, um, they asked if we would be interested in adopting Bryce. And you have to do a six month, um, what they call a trial period. So a child has to live with you in our state, at least. I don't know how it is everywhere else, but for six months before you can legally adopt them. So he did, um, we faced lots of ups and downs. Um, Lucas, I mean, Bryce was 10. And so did you get Bryce before or after Lucas? After Lucas. It was right at a year mark. Um, we got Bryce. Mm -hmm. And they're brothers? They are bro they're half brothers. Half mm -hmm. Um, so they asked us. Um, uh, we took a couple weeks to think about it and pray about it, and we felt that um this was the right thing to do. We got a lot of hate from it from a lot of a lot of people, just concerned. I guess not necessarily hate, but a lot of questions like you're so young yourself i mean you have a lot of life to live why would you want to take on a 10 year old and all these questions um and we kept coming back to um he deserves a family and deserves love and i want to give him that no matter his age and bryce came in and fit right on in with our family and um so we have it's coming up on six years that we've had the boys and i couldn't imagine life without them um it is very different and very um odd when you're walking around town and we have a 16 year old <laughs> and we're only 28 and 29 but um i feel much older than that just because of all the stuff that we have went through so um emotional wise but so uh, we were ticking along and i'm trying to shorten my story um <laughs> so we uh matt was a coach and teacher for oh, i think it was six or seven years um and one day, Lucas, we moved into our house. We bought a house and moved into it. And um, three days after we moved in, Lucas kind of slipped um, into a whole different state mentally. And a long story short there, we ended up doing five, going to five hospitals, numerous of scans and tests and a few surgeries. Um, but his behaviors, um, just increased tremendously and no one knew why every doctor we faced would just say, this is autism, go home. And we knew that wasn't because we had such a happy boy. And then one day we had the total opposite, lots of behaviors, lots of aggression. Um, so it got so bad that, um, I just, I couldn't do it by myself and Matt quit his job and is now a stay at home dad. And that was a big step, um, big leap of faith in our situation um, to solely rely on us, on my um, income, but the Lord has provided and it's been amazing. And we've had more opportunities than we ever did before. Um, and that's kind of what led me to Lucas's page. I wanted to share our story because we have sat in our closet and cried for many a night and looked at each other and said, why are we going through this and what is happening? And um, I was in um, different Facebook groups and every time I would ask, you know, what's happening, 
people would respond, but in their own way, because it wasn't exactly what we were going through. And then I got connected in Coop's Troops, and then I started a blog, and then I got into the blog squad, and then I've met all of you wonderful ladies. And the more I meet across the world, I'm discovering that we aren't alone, and everyone has experienced somewhat of what we've experienced. And uh, it just, it makes it so much easier to go through this journey when you can pick up the phone and say, oh my gosh, Lucas is doing this today. And they're like, I know, I feel you. So yes. it, it's, it's the best feeling. And, um, and that's what led me to do a page. I actually started it uh, like December of last year and then I shut it down because I felt dumb and I was like no one's gonna read my stuff who wants to like who cares about me like or my kids or family we so do think, <laughs> yeah. we care about you Kim so I actually turned it off and then we started doing a fundraiser for turtle which we'll talk about a little bit and um my friend was like Kim you have to turn it on I love listening to what you have to say about Lucas and I love watching him grow and learn um, and so I did, and so I'm just, I'm slowly growing from there, but I enjoy sharing um, just a little piece of us. And so. you write so beautifully, Kim. Well, thank you. I it's so passionate. <laughs> I love what you do. Yes. Well, and the you. fact that you, I mean, your journey is a little bit different in that you knew going in that he might have autism where we kind of didn't, mm -hmm. and that you chose to adopt him is just... Ugh. It pulls on my heartstrings. It's so beautiful. Um, I know that you're a very faith-driven person. Has autism ever challenged your faith? Like, yeah. Like, please, you know what? Why? <laughs> it has. So I, I, um, I grew up in a faith-based home. My dad's a pastor. Um, before that, he was a deacon. So I grew up my whole life in church. Um, I became a Christian at a young age and gave my life to Christ. And um, and also, I mean, me and my husband are very. Um, active in our church he's a deacon we teach sunday schools and do different things so um during the whole process again like i said through foster care um i'm the one that made it difficult to trust god he sees the big picture but i me want to control everything and i'm like yeah, are you sure about this are we sure we should do this i think we so, all relate to that <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm the one that issue that has the issue there but uh, it has. And I actually wrote a post about it not long ago. Um, I walked over to my dad's and he always says, you know, um, just trust God. It'll be OK. And Lucas was having a really, really bad episode, very aggressive. Um, and I ran over to my parents to grab um, a blood sugar machine. We were trying to figure out if Lucas had low blood sugar. And I'm crying and my dad kind of cracked a joke and I said, not now, dad. And he's like, just give it to God. It's fine. And I wanted to scream at him. Where is God right now in this moment when my child is having this severe of a meltdown and attacking his own self and everyone else around him because he can't understand or grasp the situation or what's happening. And I went home that night and I laid in my bed and, um, or I came home from, I've been coming home from work. I have a post about it. Um, I was coming home from work and a certain song came on and it said, and I can't even remember the song. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's on my Facebook. Um, there's some song and it said, um, I, I have this under control or give it to me. Let me carry your weight. And when I listened to that song in that moment, he told me, I got Lucas. Like I have him under control. I need you to trust me and trust this situation. I am using you and this family and this boy. And I, in that moment, I just bust out crying. I went back to my dad and I said, thank you. Thank you for always telling me God's got this because he does, like he, he does, but we as humans want to mess it up. And, um, hard. and I have so many people that tell me that, like I had a lady once, she's like, he's just possessed with demons. like. Or why is God allowing him to do this or that? Or, you know, why is he, you know, why does God make people with disabilities? And um, he He does it because it, it brings him glory. He is working through Lucas and he is using Lucas to witness to so many people. I mean, we had a geneticist tell us once that he looked me straight in the face. He said, I want you to give up on your son, this one right here. He said, I want you to focus on your other children. He said, because he is never going no. to mentally, yes, 
He is never going to mentally be past a seven or eight year old. He said, so just um, move on. And I looked at him and Matt was like fuming on the side of me. And he said, "Yeah." Um, I said, what do you, what do you mean? And he said, well, ma'am, he said, we did all this testing. He obviously has um, autism and he has fetal alcohol syndrome. He said, um, so this child, what you see, that's it. He's done. And I said, Lucas is in, like super smart. Like he can, he, he's getting more verbal. Uh, he can do school. I was homeschooling him at the time. He said, please tell me how this child right here can read or write or do math or anything. And I said, um, Lucas is, I said, Lucas is super smart. Like he reads, he writes, he can spell any word, he can multiply in the millions. And I said, Lucas, can you tell the doctor hello? And he did, he said, hello. And the doctor's eyes got huge. And he said, oh my gosh. He said, I cannot believe this is, this is the same kid. Like, are you sure he can do all these things? And I said, yes. Like. He is extremely intelligent. He's come so far. And I kind of gave him a little bit of history. And he called our neurologist to double check to make sure we had the right kid. And he said, ma'am, he said, on paper, scientifically proven, this child with autism and fetal alcohol syndrome should not be able to speak a word out of his mouth, let alone receive the information that you're you know that he can comprehend sorry my wording's got messed up there comprehend all of this stuff he said i just do keep doing what you're doing and i said well that sir is the power of god <laughs> and oh that i mean you can't man cannot put a limit on it like um there is no limit when it comes to that like it's just amazing um what he has done so yes yeah, sorry that was a long question <laughs> Oh my gosh, you you have brought us to church. You it's just absolutely beautiful. I, I interviewed uh Kim um on my page several months ago and we instantly connected and I told her she had a beautiful story then and she has to keep telling it and thank you, Kim. I appreciate it. Do we have any more questions? Oh Kim, I could just sit and listen all night long to you. But I do have one burning question. So you told us all about your family and everyone's names. But I need to know a little bit more about Turtle, please. Yes. So Turtle's our newest addition. Um, he back in March, that's when I start the page back up, we done a fundraiser for Turtle. Um, I actually met a lady in Coop's Truth named Elizabeth. And she posted a picture of their dog, Hammer, and her little boy, Will. And I um, I instantly ins like messaged, private messaged her, and I was like, can you please tell me a little bit more about your service dog? Because Lucas loved animals. So I, I just thought, you know, that would be cool. But I didn't really know everything about a service dog. I kind of just knew for, like, you know, PTSD or um, I knew they had some for, like, um, diabetics and different things like that. So I reached out to her and she sent me the information. It's called Saber Life Foundation. And they were on here a little while ago. I don't know if they're still on here. Yep. But um, she, I got connected with them. They're an amazing foundation out of Missouri. And we got turtles. So he is a golden doodle. He'll be one years old in February. And he has done amazing, amazing things for us um, and Lucas. So Lucas elopes, just like most children with autism, parking lots, being out in Walmart or Target or wherever is very scary with Lucas because you all know holding hands that can just slip away and he'll take off running. And so we tether, I know I've done several videos of tethering with Lucas and Turtle, and that is a huge, huge lifesaver. Um, Turtle will be trained to um, run and block Lucas. So if he's taking off, we're at the park and he takes off running away from the playground. Turtle will be commanded to block him and he will either push Lucas back or run in circles around him um, until we can grab Lucas. And there's a lot, there's tons more tasks, but um, deep pressure. Lucas loves the deep pressure. You mentioned a little bit that Lucas has hypoglycemia. Will Turtle be able to help with that to sense eventually? Yes, eventually we're working with our trainer to um to get that. Yes, ma'am. I hope. That's amazing. <laughs> because 
and Lucas is starting to, um, and that was another thing like we just discovered, uh, kind of forgot that part, but um, several, I don't know, but about two months ago, we discovered um, a lot of his meltdowns and um, aggression is coming from his, his blood sugar dropping. And it's not dropping a lot, but it's just enough to make Lucas feel weird. You know, when we don't eat, we get nauseated or we get dizzy or lightheaded, but he don't know how to express that feeling. So he just kind of freaks out. And that's who, I mean, he's, he's considered nonverbal slash verbal. It's a weird situation because he, he is verbal, but he can't hold a conversation with you or he can't mm -hmm. say a whole sentence. And so he can't say my stomach is sick. Um, and so, or I feel dizzy. So he just kind of freaks out and we started giving him sugar and it has made a world of difference. So um, I'm probably the only parent that packs Reese's peanut butter cups and chocolate and Skittles and M&M's <laughs> and shoving it down my throat. We're there with like, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, here you go. Whatever here. works. Yeah. Whatever works. Fruit snacks. Everyone's always against fruit snacks. And I got a whole pack of them because, you know, um, no, but we're discovering that we're kind of new to that field um, of the whole blood sugar. But it, I'm telling you, it has made a huge, huge difference in his mood. Um, and yeah, so hopefully Turtle will eventually um, be trained for that. So we are working Turtle on that. Well, still I kinda, puppy, kinda right? after. I'm huh? sorry, but Turtle is still a puppy, right? So as, a, as an autism mom with a service dog who is almost <gasps> five, just wait and see because like in a year or two you will just be amazed some of the mm -hmm. behaviors our service dog has completely extinguished mm -hmm. like non-existent anymore because he gave up like he couldn't carry a dog you know he couldn't move the dog he you know the dog so it really has helped us move forward and i have faith that, like if our dog can smell blood sugar which is either the sign of a seizure or an after seizure i am confident turtle will too turtle is oh, like yeah. i watch your videos and for the age of turtle mm -hmm. amazing amazing for what it's so fabulous you know, what these wonderful animals can do and the connections that they foster yes. with oh, yeah. our children i see lara over at olivia's extraordinary journey is sharing about how her olivia Yay, Olivia's. <laughs> um, um, they've got a German Shepherd puppy and Olivia and the dog have been inseparable since. It was like magic. Isn't that just beautiful? Is that, that, is. Is that how you experience it with Turtle? Mm -hmm. Yes, it really is. And every day their bond just gets stronger and stronger. Um, there for a while, like Lucas, um, he didn't, like he's not gonna like wrap up and hug and snuggle him. You know, so we get that all the time. Like, why isn't he playing with him or whatever? Right, right. but it's not it's a it's different not, relationship yeah. Yeah. relationship yes. is complex like yes. you will least expect it and then look over and they're in the corner hanging like it's yes. not that, that traditional run in the house mm -hmm. turtle and i think people expect that so much but it just goes to show you how different our kids are and their connection i feel like is deeper than that mm -hmm. surface level hello acknowledging yes. it. it's like a soul connection like oh i feel like i need you i'm gonna come get you you know it's just mm -hmm. so different and i yes. I, I feel that because we kind of get that too like Jaden isn't paying attention to his dog well if he if he needs to or wants to he will and mm -hmm. the dog mm -hmm. follows him and sees him at mm -hmm. all times and it's just different yeah it is and and he does he like he watches for lucas and Lucas will look around and see where he's at. And he'll get up and go find him. You know, if Turtle's taking a nap in a different room, he'll go look for him. Um, or like the other day we were running, uh, I was bringing him to school and Turtle has, he's not going to school just yet. We still, he's a puppy. So we gotta do, make sure our, our training is good and everything. And so he's not going to school with him. And Lucas kept hollering. Um, I'm trying to think, he says sit down or something when we get in the car. He tells Turtle to sit down, he commands him. And so Lucas got in the car and he said, sit down, sit down. And I said, you are sitting down, Lucas, like you're in your car seat. And he kept hollering it over and over. And I looked back there and he kept saying, sit down. And he was holding his fist out because that's what we do for Turtle is sit down. And he wanted Turtle to ride with him to school. But that was his way of communicating. So I went out, I went oh in the gosh. house. And I was like, come on, Turtle, you can't come ride to school. And he got in the car. He told him to sit down. Turtle sat down and he was just as happy as could be. So it is, it's different, but it's there that bond is there, but 
Lucas isn't going to be overly, you know, bubbly about some situations. And I think that confuses a lot of people. Um, but yes, he's always there and he's always looking and he touches him. Like the other day I looked in the corner and he had Turtle's little hair fanned back so he could see out of his eyes. And he was just sitting there looking and they're like eye to eye. And I was trying to grab my phone to get a picture and they quit. But it was the cutest little this thing. Is me. I know. He was just holding his little hair out of his eyes. It was the cutest little thing. I hope that my husband is going to be watching this because I filled out paperwork for a service dog and I haven't gone any further. I put it on pause and, um, you know, I hope like the amazing things that a service dog can do is, mm -hmm. is awesome. And I really want to try that chocolate trick with Sully. Yes. Like I'm, I'm really hoping that that might be the magic for him. Yes. It, I'm telling you, it, it has been amazing. And you get frustrated too, because I mean, we have done scans and y'all all know, I mean, we've done numerous of scans and, Oh, they were um, commenting about the service dog. That is our foundation where we got service, where we got turtle from. Um, but I, oh, when we're going through all the testing, um, you find out like, oh, it could be his ears and you kind of get excited. Not that you want something to be wrong with your child, but after going through so many doctors and tests, you just want answers. And so whenever Matt Googled, because yes. um, Lucas used to like break out in cold sweats. And so when he Googled that, he, it said blood sugar. So I went to my pediatrician, I told her, and um, I had a coworker. She's like, Karen, I don't want you to get your um, hopes up because what if it's not blood sugar and you're just back on another trail of chasing? But it was or at least I hope it is, you know, that this, I mean, it has right now, um, that could change in, in three or six months when something else pops up, but I feel like it's a never ending cycle sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Saber Life Foundation, um, it made a couple of comments where you got, um, turtle from, this is why we train the verbal and visual cues so that those that are nonverbal can utilize the commands as well. They also said it's all about the bond that's where it starts. So um, definitely check them out. Um, sounds like an amazing organization. To yes, they were, they were the sweetest. Shout out to My Heroes Raising Boys on the Spectrum, Olivia's Extraordinary Journey. Um, we've also got Tara uh, Laurie here. She says, what a beautiful blessing you are to those boys. Um, Lisa Johnson, love you, Kim. You are wonderful. Um, Joel Key, Rachel Flanagan, um, so so many amazing comments for your story, Kim. Do you guys have any other questions for Kim or um, any other comments that you wanted to talk about? No, I'm just taking aback, Kim, how uh, your journey has gone. And I feel like what an amazing ride for you and Matt. I mean, what a good man you found to ride this train with you because a lot of people say, like, and I've written a piece called, like, for Jeremy, like, the calm to my crazy because I'm absolutely crazy. I make spur of the moment decisions. I, you know, I'm like, hey, we're doing this. Or he'll call me from work and be like, hey, how's it going? I just got out of a procedure with a patient and be like, Oh, hi. Just so you know, I volunteered you to be Santa Claus. <laughs> and he's like, did you get a Santa suit? I said, yeah, I did all that. But I'm just letting you know, you're going to be the person that's Santa. Mm -hmm. And I, I think without the amazing behind this, like your husband, like for him to quit his job, and reverse that traditional role of being a stay-at-home dad versus a stay-at-home mom. It just, I just feel like you guys are, like, I don't want to say so young because I feel like I, I, Jackson just learned I'm not 21. Like, this year, this year. So I'm not okay with it, and I don't appreciate him telling everyone my age. But like, twenty-two, of course, for like five years with him. So, but like for you guys being so young, um, are you guys gonna expand your family? What are you thinking? Because I know after 
you adopted Bryce, there was a little addition. And of course, I'm like, I'm going to let you tell it. But like, are you going to expand and maybe um, have another baby that's a different gender? <laughs> if only I could <laughs> can, no, just but, like a different gendered baby. If only I could. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So after we got Lucas, um, I don't even know. I'm not. I'm gonna try to calculate here. But uh, we waited a while because we. It, I mean, you all know it's it's a full time thing. You don't get to just sit on the couch and let your kids play like. <laughs> I don't at least like I chase children all you know you have to be what's a cat on it right (laughs) um you have to have eyes on them all the time because they're digging or you know and it's not just children in general but a child with autism is curious Mm -hmm. and they're always everywhere and so um it's very challenging and we decided to um expand our family um and we actually had a miscarriage i was seven weeks um pregnant and we had a miscarriage and that was a whole nother experience in itself um so after that after we healed from all of that we decided to try again and we have our little drew (laughs) he is a wild thing y'all see him in all of our videos together (laughs) with the cutest curls i know i was gonna say that Yes, Drew is, Drew is Drew, man, he is wild. It's so crazy because, I mean, we got Lucas at three, but he was on a whole different area, you know? So, um, and then Bryce was 10. So we've never been through like the terrible two and three, four-year-olds. I mean, because it was just so different with Lucas. And so now me and Matt are looking at each other. I'm like, what, what is this? Like, what do we even do? You know, <laughs> calling my friends, and, <laughs> that, you know, I'm like, what do we do? Like, I've never had this, you know, this child that's so strong willed, but anyway. So um, I, that is a question that um, is always being asked and surfaced. And um, I also do have a post about that one. It is a very um, sensitive, I shouldn't say sensitive subject, emotional subject, I guess, because I have always dreamed of having a little girl. Um, I have all 500 Barbies and babies still in my shop outside because I was saving those for my little girl one day. I've and had three, a name. Three of us um, just have boys. Yes. And there's, Claire has two girls, so we can we can definitely relate. Yeah, so we're all <laughs> I always, the same, I always pictured my life with little girls, but now in hindsight, living my life, it's beautiful. I have a beautiful life and I'm blessed, but you're very young, Kim. You you can hold out hope for us and we can have a little baby. We can have a little empties for the baby. I tried to ask her before, before I said, are we going to have any announcements on here? Do we need to know anything? And I was like, shoot, I need to spoil somebody's baby. I, need to <laughs> I actually had to, I actually had to grieve the loss of ne- knowing I was never going to have a little girl because I wanted yeah. one so bad. Did you have anything like that? Or I did. And it, and it is hard and I still battle with it. Um, mm-hmm. But when I look at reality, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I am Lucas and Bryce and Drew's mom for a reason. That's who God gave me. He knew all the challenges. Um, So right now, in this moment, we are happy and blessed with what we have. Um, But it it is hard. I mean, it is hard Mm -hmm. because you see little girls and I just had a a brand new great um, niece and I got to go snuggle her. And and she looks beautiful in your arms. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) She does. yeah. She started crying and Lucas started having a meltdown and Drew was screaming. I was like, all right, mama, here you go. <laughs> and we're done. So, um, it no, but it is hard. And I do feel for anyone in that position because it's just like, you know, if if we do have another one, how would, how, how would it affect Lucas? You know, would it, it that's just the question that always surfaces is, can he, can he handle this? Can, you know, would it make it worse? Would it make him, you know, take 20 steps back, you know, and I just don't want to do anything to jeopardize my other children. Um, I guess with my own selfish feelings, is that, is that the right no, thing? No, you know? I, 
I can totally relate so, to this. Um, I kind of have the opposite, but for two, two or three years now, Tim keeps saying, I really want us to foster kids. And I feel like, you know, we have the means, why can't we do it? And I just keep, then Sullivan will have one of his crazy days and I'm like, this mm -hmm. is why. But yeah. maybe, maybe someday, um, I don't know. It's so hard. It's a tough decision because you want to it be really that safe place for people and help people mm -hmm. out the way you could. Like I know Rachel Flanagan, um, she fostered and adopted and she's going to be doing the same thing. Like you want to be able to, but then it's like, am I, is it unfair for me to want that? Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm, you know, like it's, I don't know. You're really, know, it's a human it's thing to feel like, is mm -hmm. there enough of me to go yes, along yes. and mm -hmm. support all these people? Because the way I looked at it when Jackson was our last baby, it was like, I cannot split myself to care mm -hmm. for another child because both of these children need so much and mm -hmm. they deserve mm -hmm. it and they should mm -hmm. have it. So Jaden needs a lot of different types of things than Jackson needs, mm -hmm. but his mm -hmm. needs are not less than, or, you know, it's an equal balance. And honestly, yeah. if I had another child, I think I would be buried. I don't think I could do it. And maybe mm -hmm. down yeah. the road when Jackson is older, I could look into maybe fostering a little mm -hmm. girl. Mm -hmm. A little mm -hmm. girl. Can you put that on the application, Kim? Or is that from upon? No, you can actually. So that's what I was cracking up with my friend the other day because we were um she just had a baby not long ago and we were cracking up and I was like, uh, can I just like foster like a six-year-old girl or adopt her? That way I'm over the terrible two, three, four age, and then it's a girl I can <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it it is really um it is a tough that's a tough thing. So yeah. So Does right it, now, no. Or I can but, travel to Texas and just steal one of uh Claire. I know I was gonna yes. say yes. they're just gorgeous. <laughs> yes. You guys have two little redheads just come and smell oh, them. Beautiful. <laughs> Their hair off oh, they're just gorgeous, both of them. And they are just sweet, sweet as pie. Yes. yes. Claire, I'll let you um, trying to convince walk. Olivia we'll to walk. it was like 80 degrees today and we had to go walk the dog. Olivia's in a long sleeve sweatpants and we call them wellies. I think rain boots, but like fuzzy lined rain boots. I'm like, girl, it's 80 degrees. She wasn't so cute then when she's like, I am wearing this. <laughs> if you want me to walk, I am wearing this, but, you know. Pick your battles. You're gonna sweat it, girl. <laughs> we're we're always asking Claire because we all have boys, and they're like, "What was it like?" They were like peeing in toys or something, and we're like, "Claire, do you deal with this?" Yes. <laughs> like to have a girl. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, yes, yes. Kim and I could go on and on so about sweet. about our boys peeing all over the house, and yeah, that's just a whole new. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> so Tanya, do you have any questions for me? I do. Um, so I know that you might get asked this a lot, but I feel like as new parents of somebody that was on the spectrum, you answered most of my other questions, by the way. So I appreciate that. Um, somebody that is new or new to this journey or somebody that's newly diagnosed or somebody that's looking for a community, what is your advice that you would give them? So my community would be finding Cooper's voice, Coop Truth. That is my community where I met all of you and so, so many more. Um, and also just my advice to them is just to live in the moment and don't keep yeah. chasing something that doesn't exist. Like accept the mm -hmm. fact that they do have autism yes. or whatever, you know, whatever um, disability, just accept it and go out in public proudly and don't worry about what people think of you. Just accept it and try to help them in the moment overcome. Um, we don't outgrow our disabilities, but we can grow within our disabilities. So it will never go away, but we can just keep progressing in it. And I think that's so, so important. Um, it is, and I, it really is. I get that told so many times. Will, will Lucas outgrow autism? Yeah. And no, but you can grow within it. You can, um, there's no limit on it, really. You know, we talked about that earlier. So that's beautiful um, advice. That's truly that's beautiful. So important. 
Yeah. And when you're in that moment, it's so hard because you're thinking about, you know, the life that you would have had. And mm -hmm. um, I think Kate from um, Finding Cooper's Voice, you know, did a phenomenal job. She always tells you yeah. to not live in that darkness. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's okay to sit there, but don't live there. you got to get mm -hmm. up and move on. And to be able to yeah. see the potential, like, I mean, you, you've shown Lucas has just come leaps and bounds and he has mm -hmm. went beyond what, you know, the doctors said he would even do. So it, it's amazing. So amazing. Well, thank you so much. Do, does anybody have any more questions? I don't um, think we had any, anything um, in the comments. No, yeah. I don't think we had any more. Do we? I saw Jen Dunn. Um, shout out to her. Hi, oh, Joy is on. I cried enough tonight, Kim. You got me. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was beautiful. absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Carrie says, okay. yes, there is no limit. Beautifully put. When starting out, everything seems so dark. You aren't able to see the beauty in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Um, next week, we're going to be featuring Claire's story. So um, we can't a girl mom, a girl mom, a girl yes. mom, yes. with a beautiful accent, mind you. Right. I love how different our situations yes. and stories are. And I think that it really uh, gives us a really uh, round perspective of autism is different for everyone. It's not mm -hmm. comparable. It is not comparable. Yep, absolutely. 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 Well, thank you guys so much. We will chat at you next week and we will um, talk to you later. Have a great night. Good night. Yeah. Thank you for tuning into our live talk show and podcast. Please be sure to follow us via the link tree in our profile on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Apple Podcast, Google Play, and Spotify. If you like this episode, please be sure and leave us a five-star review. Oh.